Hi, I'm David Rothkopf, the CEO of the DSR Network and host of the Deep State Radio podcast. Here at DSR, we have always believed that in a world as complex, fast-moving, and full of risks as ours, we all need access to the best minds. That is why we have created the leading network for expert podcasts on the issues of the day you care about. We go in-depth on politics, the law, national security, foreign policy, intelligence, defense, climate, and new technologies with regular and special guests that are the leading voices in their fields. We also offer daily updates on global news, our DSR Daily, and on a key story of the day through our partnership with the New Republic. That is why over a million times a month, people like you choose to spend time with our hosts and guests. Membership is what supports this, and members get special benefits, including bonus content in virtually all of our podcasts. It's a big deal, and it's a good deal. Our monthly membership price is going to go up for the first time in our history on March 1st. So now is the time you can lock in our founder's rate of just $5 a month. To do so, go to the dsrnetwork.com and click on membership. It's that easy, but don't delay. Today's rates will only be available for a few more weeks. Join us, support us. Go to the dsrnetwork.com right now. Thank you. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm David Rothkopf, one of your three co-hosts here. For all the money you paid to listen to this podcast, you get not one, not two, but three co-hosts, quality co-hosts too, I might add. Uh, and if you don't believe that, one of them is Chris Cottonware. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. See, uh, it's going to lift your day. And another Riley M. Fessler of the state of Ohio. How are you doing, Riley? I am doing exceedingly well, David. Except, oh boy, I know where you Pull got on. that one, Corey. That's a Corey. That's a Corey shockyism. Um, uh, all right, uh, but we own it because everything anybody says in the DSR network is our is is our it's intellectual our, property. Our yeah, no, we we could make T-shirts. Uh, okay, Chris, your lead story for the day is. Uh, Putin sat down with an American journalist. If no, he didn't. It. No, he didn't. Let's be <laughs> honest. Who did he sit down with? Tucker Carlson. Okay, that's not an American journalist. Let's be in a, a wide-ranging, hard-hitting interview. Oh, my God. <laughs> you are such a tool. You are a useful idiot. <laughs> Tucker um, Carlson showing his interview chops. Getting pre uh, President Putin to say that he had no plans uh, to attack other NATO countries, including, I, I find it odd that he called out uh, Poland and Latvia, I suppose. Because <laughs> right. You've got nothing to worry about Poland <laughs> yeah. and Latvia. Just like he was like at one point uh, a few years ago, he was like, we would never do anything in Ukraine. And then he invaded Ukraine. And yeah. also, the other thing he said in the interview was, the Nazis invading Poland was Poland's fault. You know, it was like, oh boy. Oh boy. Um, and he, you know, got into his whole weird Ukraine doesn't exist thing. 
And this journalist just lay, you know, you know, uh, sat there and and said, "Give me more, baby." It was, you know, it was just horrible. horrible. I I read a quote. It's I can't I I, I got to find it because I don't want to misrepresent myself. But I believe Tucker Carlson, you know, kind of positioned this as you know the Western media has been supporting Kiev and not throwing enough bones to. Uh, to Russia, you know, which seemingly is how he secured this interview. But like, unbelievable. What a joke. Um, among the many we have for you this morning on Doug Deep State Radio's <laughs> Daily. Yeah. Okay, well, great. That's a great one to start with. Riley, what's what are you starting with? So keeping the focus on Ukraine and Russia, uh, President Zelensky appointed a new Commander of the Armed Forces, uh, specifically the Commander-in-Chief of the Ukrainian Army, uh, citing the need for renewal and renewed leadership. Um, And this is not surprising. Uh, We knew this was coming. Zelensky announced his intentions to change the military. Uh, The new commander is General Oleksandr Sirsky, um, who is known for his successful defense of Kiev and the liberation of Kharkiv, uh, and is, of course, replacing General Zaluzhny. Um, and I'm curious the effect this is going to have on Zelensky. Uh, Zeluzhny, actually, according to some polls, is more popular than Zelensky. So I'm curious if this is going to affect Zelensky's popularity at all um, and what that might entail. Well, some people do worry about the political future of what's going to happen in Ukraine and whether Zelensky will last it out. And, of course, in a long war, you get the possibility that people lose um, lose faith in the leadership. Uh, uh, changes of uh, military leadership like this tend not to be a good sign, although, you know, doing this kind of thing worked pretty well in the end for, I don't know, Abraham Lincoln. Um, And it happens, you know, in wars. Um, uh, But, you know, the, 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 the eyes of Ukraine, rest assured, are fixed squarely on U.S. Capitol Hill. Um, and not on this transfer, because they know that if the U.S. does not deliver the resources they need, uh, they're going to start to lose. And right now, although the Senate did make some steps towards passing a bill that includes their aid, and my guess is may well pass uh, an aid package for them next week, uh, the House is still very much an open question. Christopher? Uh, Special Counsel Robert Hur's investigation into the mishandling of what uh, a com- dick. Seriously, <laughs> just I mean, what I like- what a dick this guy is. Oh, who- no, 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 no. Who is like I? I just need to know um, who's a bigger dick, Mister Jim Comey or this guy? Oh, her first for I mean, I mean, well, no. Let's be clear. Jim Comey lost the election for Hillary Clinton, which gave us Donald Trump, which put us in this soup. Uh, And so while that's not quite the original sin of the area that we're in, it's pretty bad. Um, But her, gratuitously, as you were about to say before I interrupted you, delivered a real body blow to Joe Biden, 
that was totally outside his responsibilities as a counsel looking into whether Biden mishandled or didn't um, uh, uh, classified documents, which they concluded he did not commit a crime. Um, but he, he decides to turn this DOJ report into the equivalent of the burn book from Mean Girls and throw in a comment about Biden's age and his memory, including a particularly odious comment about Biden's ability to remember his own son's death Oh, my date. God. I mean, oh, my God. Totally totally out of line. Why was this Republican prosecutor given this case? Because Merrick Garland wants to bend over backwards to appear, um, you know, uh, apolitical. But, you know, if you want to be apolitical, be apolitical. Don't be political in the other direction. And that's exactly what happened. What were you going to say? You've you've said it all. I mean, the the specific quote, by the way, was "well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory and diminished faculties." That's pretty fucking harsh. This is That's a president pretty, of the United States. And, and, for fuck's and they're going to run that thing. Oh my over god! And over and over again for the next ten months, and they're going to say Joe Biden's own Department of Justice has concluded. He's an elderly man who wets his pants. I mean, this is fucking awful. It's not a small deal, folks. I wish it were. It's totally unfair. Guy's doing a great job. Let's just try to get a grip. And remember that no matter how old you are, Joe Biden has probably been the most productive president of your lifetime. I don't, you could be a hundred years old. He's been the most productive president of your lifetime. So, um, well, if you're a hundred, maybe not, but if you're in your nineties or eighties, definitely. Um, so, well, there's Roosevelt, you know, he was good. Uh, in any event, uh, this is, this, you know, watch this space. It's not. It's not a. It's not a good one. Come on, Riley. I'm really feeling this this morning. It's not feeling good. Well, I've got bad news for you. My next story oh, is about the Supreme God. Court and a hearing about the Colorado trial. Uh, seemingly, all Supreme Court justices uh, were against the Colorado ruling, expressing some skepticism. Oh, yeah. Uh, what was what was that that gave that away to you? The fact that every justice. Even the liberals were like, say what? And yeah, no. even the liberal ju justices were very skeptical of this, specifically the idea that the uh, state uh, would be making, specifically that such a decision would be made at the state level rather than the national level. You know, which sort of, sort of ignores the fact that the case was actually in the Supreme Court of the United States, which is supposed to make national decisions. You know, they they could have addressed what the case was about. At no point in this hearing yesterday did anybody say, hey, did he commit an insurrection which would make him in violation? Nobody discussed that. They didn't want to address that issue. They wanted to make this a procedural thing, which you know had to do with 
you know, some of these idiotic arguments of Trump's lawyer, like, well, he's not an officer of the government. Folks, if the president is not an officer of the government, the term officer of the government has no meaning, okay? And if he did not commit an insurrection, which we watched on television, live, and in real time, then nobody will ever be um, uh, uh, guilty of committing uh, uh, insurrection. It, you know, but they didn't want to deal with that. They just wanted to punt this on down and say, well, you know, the Congress ought to deal with it. Because the Congress has such a great track record of grappling with the big, complicated issues of our time, right? Let's leave it to Mike Johnson. He thinks he's fucking Moses. Oh, God. Okay. Surely you have something more uplifting than that, Chris. Not really. Um, I feel like it's a broken record. So um, as Israel continues to pound Gaza uh, with airstrikes in Rafah, President Biden um, declared that Israel, in their approach to this conflict war, um, has been over the top, uh, which um, isn't saying uh too much I, I it's so frustrating to be it's deeply frustrating like look we this isn't working guys we have our secretary of state in, in israel trying to negotiate something while fucking bombs continue to fly in in gaza killing more palestinians i mean this this the stories i oh killed 12 12 palestinians yeah guys we've killed 25,000 plus Palestinians. It's time to change the narrative for fuck's sake. Uh, It's not just time to change the narrative. It's time to change the policy. It's time to say to Israel, enough's enough. We're not giving you more aid. We're not helping you. This is over Um, until you clean up your act. Uh, and, and they're like, well, we can't go out and do that because then we'll lose leverage with the Israelis. And it's like, we don't have leverage with the Israelis. You know, what leverage are we going to lose? They're not listening to us. In fact, Benjamin Netanyahu has a daily press conference in which he flips the bird to the United States. For whatever we said, he just comes out and goes, fuck the you know, Israel, kill people. Awful. Okay, Riley. This is our last swing at the ball. Swing the focus to Pakistan and the elections there, uh, which we have covered on this show a little bit. Um, but the election did manage to go off with with a lot of hitches, as a matter of fact. Uh, sporadic violence, allegations of rigging, and cell phone service shutdown affecting the vote. But a surprise result as Imran Khan's uh, party and allies uh, won 49 of the 122 National Assembly seats um, that were announced so far. Uh, And it's a little interesting because his party was not actually allowed to run. So all of those candidates were technically independents, but backed by his party, the PTI party. Um, In second place, the Pakistan Muslim League secured 39 of the seats and the Pakistan People's Party secured 30. Um, so again, there was delays in announcements due to the lack of connectivity for the cell phone service. 
Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm curious what this is going to lead to. Uh, obviously, an incredible amount of instability around the election. Um, and there is not a clear coalition to be built if a party does not get the outright uh, majority. So a lot of unanswered questions. But, you know, we'll see. This, the, 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 the whole formula does not suggest uh, near-term, medium-term, or long-term stability in Pakistani politics. Um, and, you know, follow it. Because, you know, you may have forgotten this, but Pakistan has nuclear weapons and is chi- China's number one aid recipient and has a disputed border with India. And you know what politicians do when things go awry? They wag the dog. They find another problem to focus on. Uh, And we don't want that to happen between India and Pakistan, which many people have long thought was uh, the most likely place to see a nuclear conflict uh, on the planet. All right, folks. Well, that was uplifting. Uh, We'll try on Monday to give you some more of this great stuff so that you can start your day or you listen to this at night, end your day. Um, uh, with uh, the kind of insight that uh, uh, that you need. Um, hopefully you find it useful. Uh, tell your friends to listen to it, and uh, this will grow and probably become more important than cable news. Uh, until then, uh, thanks, Chris. Thanks, Riley, and bye-bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>